everything is growing everything. at a, a faster pace where, um, I mean, we are lucky we have somebody that does the research and can get back to us. But uh, I can't stress this enough. If you're not part of a good mastermind or if you don't have a place where you can go and ask these questions, you're going to be you're going to be lost. Hey, everybody, and welcome to 2024, our first podcast of the year. Okay, now, my son is away. I don't know what he did, but I bet you he did not. Well, I bet you he did what everybody else did New Year's Eve. But uh, let me just see. I got a couple things I got to do because I got to understand how to do this. All right, there we go. Okay, let me start from the top. Welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing advertising best practices for 2024. We're going to be talking about advertising. What does it look like to advertise to sellers in 2024? Uh, what are the ways to still be smart and profitable with ads and the advertising trends in 2024? Welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Now, let me see if I can do this. Okay, we are back and I'm kind of doing two jobs today. So I'm trying to see oh, what to do next. Okay, I got sponsors over here. I've never done this side of it. I think I did it once. Okay, welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the Amazon FBA podcast. And today we are talking about advertising best practices for 2024. Our guest is a returning guest, uh, CEO of PPC Ninja. She's very passionate about uh, um, applying data analytics to get better ROI on PPC. She has shared her knowledge on over 100 podcasts, webinars, blogs, and conferences, including the Prosper Show, Global Sources Summit, Pow Wow, and the winner of the virtual a billion dollar sellers summit from Kevin King in 2023. And I am talking to a multiple returning guest, uh, Ritu Java. But before that, let me just see if I can find a sponsor because they will be mad with me. Okay, here we Are go. You struggling to keep up with your Amazon business? Do you need help from a skilled, reliable virtual assistant? Well, look no further than the Virtual Assistant Academy or VAA Philippines. Founded by successful Amazon sellers who know the challenges of hiring quality VAs, VAA specializes in locating, screening, training, and supporting high-quality VAs in the Philippines. Their VAs receive extensive Amazon training and ongoing professional development and are committed to a long-term working relationship with you. Partner with VAA and experience the peace of mind knowing that you have a dedicated Amazon-trained VA who's up-to-date with the latest tools and trends in the dynamic Amazon marketplace. Head over to VAAPhilippines.com and let VAA match you with your ideal VA. And get right into it. I'm going to bring ja uh, Ritu in here. Oh my gosh. Hi. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Happy New Year. I'm good. Happy New Year. Oh, and Happy New Year to you too. Now, you are the brave one because you came on with me and I'm doing everything today. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go, but I do know one thing. I've got a coffee and I have my Coke Zero and I have a great guest. 
Well, I have my peppermint tea and I'm, uh, you know, talking to you on January 1st. I can't believe it. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> 2024. Like, where did 2023 go? I know. It, it just flew. Yeah. It was incredible. It was, it was a great year. Yeah. One of the things I should say is I want to uh, just say hi to everybody who's tuning in right now. I can see there's a bunch of people listening surprise <laughs> and there's people that are in the comment section so it, by the way if you are in the comment section make sure if you have any questions for retu and it usually does fill up fairly quickly but make sure you uh, ask it earlier on because we do uh, typically have a lot of questions for ppc but i do want to say hi to luke and rad and love cash uh drip and steve fillion out in chicago happy uh new year's everybody and you know what thanks for being part of the community that is something that uh, kelsey would be talking about is we have um, uh, a really great community we've expanded it this year uh we've gone from our facebook group so if you're interested go over there we have a very, very active, uh, I can't believe how active, but a very active WhatsApp group and also our newsletter, which if you um, read today's newsletter that just went out, yes, uh, my, uh, my virtual assistant did call me to tell me that she killed her boyfriend. So you can read that story in this week's newsletter. So just, I'll just leave, it's a cliffhanger. <laughs> Just, just looking at your face, uh, Ritu. Yeah, I was like, oh my goodness, what are we talking about here? Yeah. <laughs> was this like a virtual game or something? No, no, um, it was for real. Oh yeah. Yeah, she, okay. uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy, crazy story with a oh my goodness. wild twist in the end, which nobody mm. will believe, but it's all true. It's like my hijacking story. You know, nobody believed that, <laughs> but uh, I'm putting them all in these newsletters. Everybody's asking me for these stories. I got a ton of them and we're going to be putting them in every uh, newsletter and hopefully applying it to some sort of business practice. And I'm not saying go out and do anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, if you are interested, uh, you can always go to the subscription. At, you can always go to Lunch with Norm, or you can go to normferrar.com and sign up for the newsletter. All right. And if you do have any questions, throw them in the comments section. All right, let's get into it. What's happening? What's different from 2023 to 2024 with PPC? Yeah, so... Um, you know, last year uh, we had so many new feature releases uh, from Amazon uh, in the advertising space. Uh, and I think people haven't yet caught up to them even. You know, there was uh, the Unboxed and even at Accelerate, there were so many new features that were released and uh, they continue to do so. Uh, and um, I think it's important to kind of just uh, take stock of all the stuff that's you know, been discussed, uh, you know, if you go to uh, LinkedIn, you'll probably find a bunch of uh, recaps. I, I would recommend everyone uh, just look out for some of the recaps. Uh, uh, maybe uh, look for um, uh, Jeff Cohen. Uh, his recap is generally very, very good. I mean, of course, he represents Amazon. Uh, but then you can also look at uh, David Zimmerman's uh, recap of 2023 and like all of the, the highlights of the year. So yeah, I think it's just getting very, very fast paced uh, and people who are in the lead, they are able to kind of 
you know, still keep uh, keep up with all that's happening. But for the majority of the people, it's like the Wild West. Like things are just changing so fast right. that, you know, unless you are like completely tuned in with what's going on in the advertising world, you'll be left behind. You know, that's basically where I was coming from. Yeah. I don't know, Norm, are you uh, seeing the same as well? Absolutely. But not only in PPC, with everything, everything is growing everything. at a a faster pace where, um, I mean, we are lucky. We have somebody that does the research and can get back to us, but uh, I can't stress this enough. If you're not part of a good mastermind, or if you don't have a place where you can go and ask these questions, you're going to be, you're going to be lost. And uh, um, you have, you have a mastermind, don't you? I'm, I'm... Um, I do. Yeah, I, I do. And uh, as a matter of fact, it's uh, starting in January. So I, I keep doing these masterminds that are very short, like four yeah. weeks long. And the next one is starting in Jan. And then, you know, once you sign up for it, you can keep coming back to our mastermind uh, programs. Now, I think uh, there's people and... on the call that have gone to your masterminds. And I didn't know that, by cool. the way. I, I just thought you had an ongoing mastermind. But um, yeah. this is something that people need to do. For sure, uh, because it, especially in PPC, it's always changing, and it's yeah. so quick, and it the 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 results vary so much. Um, and if you if you're not on the ball, uh, you could just be lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, there's just so much uh, going on. So I I would suggest you know getting getting on top of all the the, the new releases uh, last year is super important. And then you can figure out which ones are for you and which ones aren't. Uh, we generally have like a a testing mindset. You know, we we generally test out things uh, super early so that we can figure out for ourselves what uh, works for us and what doesn't. Uh, sometimes things really work really well and and then we just keep them uh, in our toolbox and then everything else we we just put on the sideline and uh, and see if, you know, if anything evolves. Like sometimes the algorithm evolves and uh, then it's kind of good to kind of go back and revisit some of those, uh, you know, new new features. Uh, but it's, it's really good to have uh, either you yourself doing it or being part of a community that is constantly testing and then learning from everybody else, asking, is this working, not working? Uh, to give you an example, there was the release of um, sponsored uh, display video. Uh, right. which was like uh, pretty cool uh, because obviously sponsored brand videos have been around for about two or three years, but then sponsored display video came about and then sponsored display video tends to show outside of Amazon, which kind of is a nice uh, place to get new customers, right? It's not just bottom of funnel, it's a little bit top of funnel, but then people with the um, concerns about uh, ROAS will find it a little disappointing because, you know, of course it's like, uh, impression based and not everybody remembers your brand and not everybody needs to remember your brand you know if if it's not one that has like a, a like a need to keep coming back uh, it's quite okay uh, to not invest too much in top of funnel um, advertising so I, I guess it's important to know where you are and which uh, advertising product is for for your brand and what works for you uh, you know given all your constraints and your goals and all that good stuff so um 
Yeah, I think uh, so, you know, knowing, first of all, what what all is out there and then picking and choosing, maybe cherry picking based on uh, your constraints, that that would be one. Um, and then I would say that, uh, you know, just being aware that uh, cost per clicks are going up and they will continue to go up. They're not coming down. You know, uh, the baseline is <laughs> it has been left far behind and we're just going to go up from here. Right. So uh, I, I was seeing CPCs of less than a, a dollar about two years ago. And now it's like way about that, you know, sometimes touching two on average. And then, um, you know, like this, I'm talking about opening uh, bids even. They, they start at uh, like $2 to even get impressions. And then once you want to compete um, on certain keywords and try to rank for them, then obviously you need to pay a lot more than that, right? So it's easy for people to be spending $4, $5 a click. Uh, even to get uh, to the top of the search results page. So that's the other thing to kind of be aware of in the background that's happening. Um, and then, of course, the third thing is the the proportion of Chinese sellers uh, on Amazon has just gone up and up and up and is going to continue to go up and up and up. So I think at the moment it's about 70%, but I might be wrong. Even the way they report it might be a little bit different. And so that might put that number even higher. Um, and so we're basically competing in this environment where uh, we have um, tons of Chinese sellers who might be willing to lose money uh, in order to just get the best seller badge because that's generally their goal. You know, they want to uh, be at the top uh, mm -hmm. and they don't really uh, care about profits in the now, uh, they, they, they just want those badges, right? All of the badges. Uh, and then once they've done that, um, you know, then, then they start changing their strategies. But, uh, you know, there's also uh, something that everybody knows uh, that Chinese uh, sellers have multiple accounts, right? So they don't have much to lose, whereas we do, right? We have a lot to lose when uh, anything goes wrong. We can't uh, afford to think of like black hat. No, that's completely uh, not okay and it's out of the way. But um, for a lot of Chinese sellers that might uh, be an option and so gaming of the system continues and and so we have to understand that that's what we're up against so uh you know giving that given that background we we have to adjust our strategies and we've got to constantly evolve and and be aware of what's going on in order to succeed uh, with amazon ppc which is absolutely something that you can't avoid you you need amazon ppc to succeed on amazon Okay. Now I do know that you have some slides as well. Do you want to yes. get into that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I will share my screen here. Slides. <clears throat> I always like your slides. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so how do I do this? I see. Uh, let me see. Oh, there we go. Share screen. Yeah. Okay. All right. Share screen. There we go. And oh, I can yeah. add to stage. There we go. Awesome. Okay. Um, cool. So, um, yeah, I, I put together these slides, uh, you know, keeping one thing in mind, which is basically that, you know, you are in the business of leveraging data. Like you might think that you're selling products, but actually you're in the business of leveraging data, you know, from the time you pick a product, the time you kind of um, start advertising and then 
you know, get into the maintenance phase, you're always being, you know, in that space where you're, you've got to look at data and you've got to make decisions based on, on data, right? So that's basically the business you're in. So some of the strategies that I've put together here are uh, actually looking at some of those uh, free tools that you get from Amazon that are super helpful. They have a ton of data and probably you haven't either dug into them deep enough or you don't know what they are or, you know, how to use them and stuff like that. So I want to just touch on a few of those. Just to give you an example, there is Product Opportunity Explorer, there's Brand Metrics, there's Search Query Performance. Um, you know, there's so much uh, so much in there that, um, yeah, I mean, New Year is a good time to kind of sit down and, you know, set the stage for the rest of the year. So I thought this might be a good time to kind of revisit some of those uh, data-rich uh, tools that are available to us uh, so that we can make our advertising really powerful in 2024. So I'm going to start with uh, niche research. Now, I'm not talking about niche research from the point of view of uh, sourcing a product or uh, you know, doing any of that stuff in the early stages of your product development. I'm not talking about that. Uh, I'm talking about when you've already figured out what your product is, you, you're already selling it, and now you just want to go back to the numbers and see where you stand, right? I'm, I'm picking it up from there. So this is important because this will tell you how um, strong the niche is, whether it's growing or declining. And this will also give you give you some idea of whether you should continue uh, with this product uh, long term or is there too much competition? Is the market too fragmented? Uh, or oh, uh, Ritu, yeah. sorry for interrupting, but just for the podcast listeners, um, yeah. if you could um, maybe let everybody know when you go to these different sheets or pages, where they're located and describe it a little bit as well. Absolutely. Yeah, so I am on this uh, screenshot of the Product Opportunity Explorer and uh, Product Opportunity Explorer uh, allows you to enter some keywords, like just basic keywords. For example, I've, I've just typed uh, protein bars, that, that was my keyword. And um, basically what, um, you know, Product Opportunity Explorer gives you back is a bunch of what they call customer needs. Now, customer needs are um, a collection of search terms, right? So you have a niche, then you have customer needs, and then you have search terms. That's basically the hierarchy. So uh, on my screen, I'm showing uh, customer need as uh, protein bars. Uh, there's other customer needs in this space, such as vegan protein bars or clean protein bars, ready, eat, ready clean protein bars, et cetera, et cetera. So these are just customer needs. It's just a way Amazon groups uh, keywords together, right? Now, um, if you look to the right, there's, um, you know, some detail about search volume. Uh, and this um, has the total search volume for that customer need, but it also has uh, growth uh, statistics in the past 180 days and the past 90 days, right? So that's, that's where I've um, basically highlighted um, uh, you know, the bars here, basically uh, growth, uh, you know, over eight, 180 days and growth uh, over pa past 90 days will tell you what the general trend is for that keyword, even without looking at a trend chart, right? So this is something you want to just quickly um, uh, browse over and see, okay, this, you know, this space is growing. No, this is, this space is declining. Uh, that's basically one uh, little 
piece of information that I, I like to look at uh, when I look at customer needs. Now within customer needs, I have top search terms. So I can actually go into each search term and then explore uh, the trends on that search term a little bit more. Right. So what happens with uh, search term information is that Amazon gives you a, a bunch of different uh, details. It, it will tell you all the products that those search terms uh, represent. Right. Uh, it will also tell you whether um, uh, you know the trend is going up or down uh, it'll also tell you uh, what the price point is for that uh, for that collection um, and you can also find out how many brands are coming and going so the number of brand count that's that's another one that's visible uh, in those trends so let me just uh, move on to the next slide, which gives you a little bit uh, of an idea of what I'm talking about here. This is niche trends. Uh, within your niche trend, you can see uh, in the orange, you can see product count and you can see it over uh, a one year period. And you can see how it's gone up from uh, 40 products in the space to uh, close to 120 products, right? Um, and then the search volume also has gone up quite a bit, right? Um, now this is, uh, this is really uh, interesting because if, if you uh, if you count the total number of products, uh, if it's growing, uh, then you know, know that the competition is going up uh, and which which basically means that you might have more competitors to target with advertising, right? You might have started your product, let's say six months ago or a year ago or whatever, but now there's more competitors in the market. So you can actually use that information to kind of go and dig into who these competitors are. Um, and guess what? Uh, Amazon actually now gives you the competitors, which is crazy. It wasn't there before. Uh, this is something very, very new. Uh, they are us, uh, actually giving us uh, up to 1,000 competitors uh, per niche. And um, this is what it looks like. It's on my screen. Uh, the competitor research from Product Opportunity Explorer. Uh, when you click into the niche itself, um, and you look at products, if you click on the, the tab that says products, then you will see all of the products. Uh, in fact, you will also get the whole, all the information like the ASIN, the, the brand count. Uh, you'll also get a brand name. You will also get, um, you know, how many clicks they received, conversion rates, price points, everything, uh, even BSR uh, and uh, rating uh, ratings, I believe. So there's a lot of information there. So how would you use this information? Well, one of the shifts that I've personally started making uh, with my advertising is that uh, I'm not just focused on keywords. I'm also looking at products. Uh, why? Because we have this great uh, leverage with uh, product targeting. We can use product targeting through all the ad types, through sponsored products, sponsored brands, sponsored video, sponsored display. All of them have product targeting, which means you have like four different ways you could target these competitors. Now, would you target every competitor out there? Uh, probably, probably not. So it, it depends on your strategy. So there will be some competitors that have, uh, you know, a lot going for them in their favor, such as a very high review count, a very favorable price point, always running lightning deals, et cetera, et cetera. So there'll be those competitors that are highly uh, visible and, um, you know, very aggressive, right? So, so uh, should should you or should you not? Uh, target those uh, competitors. I'm just going to set that question aside for a minute. 
But then there's this vast majority of competitors that come and go. They're not super strong. Uh, they're not super weak either. They have a decent search volume. They sorry, they have a deep, deep, decent uh, review count. Uh, they have, um, you know, uh, a good price point. Uh, maybe they're very similar to yours, uh, both in features as well as uh, review count and price offering. So, what do you do about those? Uh, you know, that that collection of uh, competitors. Well, those are probably easier to go after uh, because people are you know, open to consideration. They're open to recommendations. When uh, when you're searching for one product and other products ads show up, uh, and let's say there's something about that product uh, that is attractive, uh, there will be a, a hop. Uh, customers make those hops all the time. In fact, Amazon has trained us. Uh, they've trained all the shoppers to keep clicking, you know, so there's always an opportunity, uh, you know, to, to steal sales from competitors uh, at the last stage of the funnel, at the bottom of the funnel. So I'm talking about sponsored display ads or sponsored product, product tar targeting ads where uh, you can place your ad on your competitors' pages and then uh, steal very highly qualified um uh, shoppers because you know that they're already looking for a protein bar now your protein bar shows up on that page so you know they are qualified they're not just looking around they're not just browsing they're actually researching so if you get your shoppers to consider you at that phase uh, you're probably going to win those conversions cheaper than if you were to actually um bid on expensive keywords such as protein bars a protein bar keyword will cost you like five seven eight ten dollars per click whereas placing an ad on a on a competitor page that already has someone browsing it will probably cost you a dollar dollar fifty two something like that right so you have a lot of uh value for money by using um uh, competitor targeting, right? So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really, uh, you know, keen on switching more and more of our advertising budget uh, to towards uh, competitor targeting, right? So this is something that is a good repository for uh, people to look at the the product opportunity explorer competitor details. And then um, I'm going to switch gears away from Product Opportunity Explorer at this point and then move to search terms, right? Search term volume, which comes from brand analytics. Now, brand analytics has also undergone a lot of changes. It used to be called brand analytics uh, earlier, um, but then it was kind of bundled in with a lot of other uh, new features such as the search query performance, search catalog performance, etc. And then brand analytics actually uh, got renamed to top searches. So top searches is still there. You just have to click on it. It's it's in one of the, the drop downs uh, within search analytics. So look for top searches, go in there and then type, um, you know, whatever uh, search term you want to to kind of explore or have more insight on. So I've typed uh, protein bars here. And as you can see, I, I'm getting the top, um, I think it's about 10,000 uh, searches that are related to that word. Uh, and they will include that word in some position, either at the top of the word or the bottom or the middle somewhere. So I have words like protein bars, pure protein bars, aloha protein bars, and so on. Now, the number that's uh, shown here right next to the search term is search frequency rank. Search frequency rank basically means uh, the rank of how frequently that search uh, is searched on Amazon. 
So the smaller the number, the more frequently it is searched, right? So uh, that's a proxy for search uh, volume. And so search terms, I wish Amazon could just simply give us search, uh, search volume right here, but they don't. So we just have to do some approximation here and look for uh, words that have uh, a low search frequency rank, and then make sure that you are, um, you know, including those in your title, uh, definitely. Now, when it comes to advertising, should you be going after big words, category words like protein bars? Uh, well, there's, you, you'll have to, uh, you know, come up with a strategy so that you don't uh, spend a lot of money on those uh, big words. Uh, so generally speaking, the strategy is to have a long tail word that includes the short tail word. So the long tail word uh, is what you bid on more aggressively, whereas the short tail word is the one that you don't bid on that aggressively till you have organic ranking for it, right? So that's does generally been the, the best practice as it has evolved over the years. It's no longer about like going aggressive on those short tail words like protein bars. You're, you're going to blow through a lot of money and not be able to uh, get enough data or buy enough data with the amount of budget you have uh, set aside for your PPC. So trying to follow those uh, strategies, you can use a bunch of tools out there also, like you could use Data Dive, you could use Helium 10, Cerebro, et cetera. And you can figure out, uh, you know, all the different words in, in that space and then look for long tail words. Uh, but then also, um, you know, analyze those words carefully. We use, uh, you know, a lot of chat GPT to, to kind of clean up our lists. Uh, so that we have semantically uh, accurate uh, or very closely related words and not just all the words that are suggested by uh, such tools uh, because some, some of those words could be a little bit off, a little bit on the periphery. They might not be as targeted. So you want to have your keyword research strategy um, pretty solid, right? Because now, uh, you know, more than ever, uh, the choice of keyword matters, right? You, you, you're only left with very few keywords that you can actually do anything about uh, given how competitive the space has become. So I would uh, definitely recommend using all of these uh, tools that are available to you uh, to kind of figure out what your strategy is going to be. So now I'm going to shift gears uh, to, uh, you know, repeat purchases and return on engagement uh, using brand metrics. So what is this? Uh, so brand metrics is a sub tool within your campaign manager or advertising console, right? So if you go to your advertising console, on the left, you'll see a bunch of icons and one of them at the, close to the bottom is uh, brand metrics, right? You, you wanna click on, uh, on the, gosh, I, I can't remember what the actual thing was. I'm just remembering it in my mind. It's like a arrow pointing upwards with a trend line uh, icon, click on that, go into brand metrics, look for brand metrics essentially. Now, what is brand metrics? This is, um, a really great tool that gives you all the summary information about your brand as a whole. It, it includes both advertising as well as organic data. Uh, and it gives you some really cool metrics, uh, such as this one that I've highlighted on the screen. It's called return on engagement. Uh, so what is this? So return on engagement is a, um, is a measure of uh, the amount of money uh, a shopper spends on your brand after the first purchase. So let's say they made uh, a purchase uh, in January of last year and um, 
they spent, let's say, $50 on your brand. And then they came back for more. And then they came back for more again. So this is someone who likes your brand and wants to keep coming back and is a repeat purchaser you know, by that definition. So the amounts that are shown in row one, two, and three are basically, uh, well, row one is basically the return on engagement from your top 10% shoppers and your subscribe and save shoppers. Uh, so this is the amount of money they spent on your brand after the first purchase. The second row here is um, basically, uh, you know, not the top of the not not the top ten purchases, but the, the you know the the general uh, set of uh, shoppers that uh, spent money on your brand. So as you can see here, the first uh, row is showing me uh, four hundred and thirty-five dollars and ninety-eight cents spent uh, as a return on engagement uh, by your top uh, shoppers, which is great. And then the second row shows you the general um, amount, which is 74.96, which is also great, right? So that's uh, pretty cool that someone has uh, come back um, uh, to shop again from you. Now, in some cases, uh, especially with supplements uh, or um, you know things that require replenishment, those uh, those sorts of products will have a return of engagement that is pretty meaningful. So uh, here's what you want to do with this data. You want to calculate your true tacos, not just the tacos of that one investment that you made in one ad, right? You want to calculate your spend uh, on, um, you know, on your brand and divide it by like, the, you know, the total sale that's possible uh, through that customer over the year. So this is uh, 12 months data, so you can actually uh, multiply it and then divide it, and you can figure out what your true tacos is, which means you can figure out how far your dollar will stretch. Uh, it's not just for that one PPC sale, but if you do it right, uh, and you also combine that one PPC sale with a remarketing ad, which is a great combination, especially when you have a high repeat purchase rate, that combination will get you uh, those people back uh, to buy, right? And, and that's how you can um, make your advertising dollars go much further. Now, obviously, for someone that doesn't have a product that uh, has a high repeat purchase rate, this uh, strategy probably won't apply to you. And so it's okay to, uh, to ignore it, but uh, you might also want to consider having a product in, in the mix that does have these properties where people want to come back for it, right? So uh, I'm seeing more and more that uh, those who are opting in for, uh, you know, products that could run on a subscribe and save model uh, are going to generally have a better uh, profitability, a better re return on engagement. So even the products you pick uh, going forward, uh, try to think of ways uh, that you can get there, right? Because otherwise it's just gonna be a one-time purchase and then you're gonna spend all the money just trying to get you know, uh, to the, 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 the first page. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not gonna be pretty in terms of like, uh, profitability at all. Cool. So then let's come back to some basics, right? I'm talking here about branded versus non-branded campaigns. Uh, I'm talking about best practices around how you structure campaigns and, and make sure that your dollar goes even further. Now, if you have campaigns where your uh, branded keywords and non-branded keywords are somehow mixed together, uh, they're just like 
disorganized, uh, you know, I'm guilty of this myself uh, in the past, like we used to just put all, all keywords into the same, same campaign and uh, let it run and just let Amazon figure out which ones, um, you know, which were, which words uh, get picked up and get traction. But, uh, you know, it's, it's really important to have this segregation of branded versus non-branded campaigns so that you can set your target ACoS on those two types of campaigns differently, right? Uh, a lot of tools out there, including our own tool, PPC Ninja, will allow you to set a target ACoS at the campaign level. Right. And so you can actually uh, create campaigns, name them appropriately, which means you basically use a, a good tagging system. So, for example, dash BR, like that could be a tag for your branded campaigns or dash NBR could be a, a tag for your non-branded campaigns. Uh, in the non-branded campaign, you basically want to negate your branded terms as well as negate all your SKUs and your ASINs, right? That's basically how you can get to a clean non-branded uh, campaign. So once you've done that, uh, then it's just a matter of uh, measuring things and seeing, um, uh, you know, see, seeing how your branded keywords uh, can be kept uh, at a low target ACoS because if it's a branded keyword and someone actually types your brand name, then it means that they have very high purchase intent from your brand because they came in with that search. Uh, and so you should try to aim for highly profitable uh, conversions there and not just pay the same price that you're paying for everything else, right? That doesn't make sense. So you want to be profitable on your branded and the non-branded is, of course, uh, the strategy you'll need for uh, basically getting uh, ranking for certain keywords, etc. Now, we're actually testing this out even with auto campaigns. And you might say, how is that possible? You know, because auto campaigns don't have keywords. They just go after the whole universe of um, words out there. And Amazon gets to decide which search terms get, uh, you know, mapped or matched to auto campaigns. But the way we're doing this is that we are, uh, you know, it's easy to do the non-branded auto campaign. That's easy. You can just negate all, uh, all of your uh, keywords and then also negate products. Uh, so basically your list of ASINs, you have to put that through uh, negative product targeting on those. Uh, and so now you have a clean non-branded campaign. But on the branded side of side of things, the branded uh, auto campaign is basically um, assuming that your branded keywords uh, are the only ones that will um, show up in that, or the majority of the words that will show up in a branded auto campaign are your uh, your branded keywords by virtue of the fact that you've kept your target ACoS so low. So your bids are going to be super low. And so the only words that will get matched through that mechanism uh, are likely going to be mostly uh, your branded keywords, right? So that's how you keep uh, these two like separate. You, you want to keep them separated. Uh, and this is a strategy that's uh, working for us. And this has also helped to prevent auto campaigns from completely spending the money on branded words, right? So it's given a chance to other words and th those are doing really well. So uh, I'd um, you know, encourage you guys to test this out. If, if it works for you, uh, that'll be great. Um, now let's come to search query performance. And this is, uh, I think, by far one of my favorite tools on Amazon, especially because it gives us so much data about all those search terms that Amazon thinks are relevant for our brand. So why is this important? 
search terms that Amazon thinks are relevant are probably worth bidding on because you've already got Amazon's blessings on them. And now you just need to make sure that all the gaps are filled out and that you are actually uh, bidding on those words and you are adding them to the back end somewhere, either into your product description or the A plus images, etc. So finding out those words from search query performance is really great. But the, the thing that we have evolved to over the past uh, one year is looking at trends. So what we've done is that we have a system where we download the search query performance report uh, at the ASIN level on a monthly basis, and then we stitch them all together. Uh, in a previous uh, episode uh, of Lunch with Norm, I talked about search query performance. Maybe you can uh, look at that and look at the data room concept and so on. But here I have on the screen, um, like a trend of search volume uh, starting from March, uh, March 2023, all the way to September 2023. Uh, it's just an example uh, where I have search queries on one side and then I have search volume for each search query as a trend, which is kind of cool. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to see this trend if you're just looking at a snapshot, right? So you can see here that um, you know the search the the first search query out there uh, has gone from 117,000 searches down to 93,000 searches, and then in September it's come back up to 111,000 searches. Uh, why is search volume important? Search volume is important because uh, Amazon's search algorithm is changing all the time. And so certain keywords get prioritized over others through the um, autocomplete dropdowns. So the autocomplete is something that people will start typing uh, into the search bar and then they'll find something in that uh, in that dropdown and then they will just scroll down to that and click on it, right? So that basically becomes the, the way that Amazon um, indirectly um, shifts search volumes. I mean, I don't think they're doing it intentionally or anything, but it's just search volume will shift because they ended up typing or selecting something uh, that was in that list. Now, if the list um, kind of undergoes some sort of uh, rearrangement, then it's quite possible that, that your um, uh, previously uh, well-searched volume keyword is now no longer searched because it's gone down in visibility and it's not the word that you should be bidding on or should be focusing on. So that's why it's important to look at your search volume trend over time, not just as a graph, but in actual numbers, like the way I'm showing on the screen. So you can start collecting your search uh, query performance reports, uh, stitching them together. If you need help with this, we actually have a service at PPC Ninja. We offer this um, at a very, very reasonable rate. It's almost unbelievable, too good to be true. So if you need help here, hit me up on that. Uh, but then we've got got other stuff also from this uh you know search query performance analysis uh and here is uh an example of the number of purchases of your brand over time for a particular search term so i'm going to just uh, uh explain it for those who are uh on uh audio only so what i have here on the screen is uh search query then i have asin uh, because what I've done is that in in this uh, report consolidation or in this data warehouse, I have all of my ASINs and all of the search terms that are shared amongst those ASINs. So I can actually see everything, like the whole picture of 
this one search term applies to all these ASINs and this is how much they uh, they earned in terms of like revenue or in terms of like units sold etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh, what I'm showing here is the the trend of uh, you know brand uh, brand purchases over time right starting from July all the way to November I can see how uh, brand purchases for that search query actually uh, changed over time and that's really another way of finding out whether uh, you know you you have um, uh, kind of some ad advantage uh, over certain other keywords when you can actually see oh this keyword is actually bringing in 500 um, purchases whereas this other keyword is only bringing in about two so uh, those are some some relative numbers that you can compare and see which which query is like superior to the other for you for your brand uh, and and this analysis actually also helps us to prioritize the keywords that we want to go aggressive on especially if you see some strength uh, in those keywords so now let me just uh, stop here a little bit and show you uh, how we're doing the analysis here uh, and this is what we call the data room. It's a Looker Studio report where we're matching all search terms to the um, uh, different ASINs from our brand and seeing, oh, okay, this is how much, uh, you know, this uh, search term brought in for this ASIN uh, and so on. So what you're seeing on the screen is called a uh, Sankey chart uh, or a Sankey diagram where you can basically connect one piece of data with another and kind of just, um, see how they're uh, matching up to each other um, and then here at the bottom uh, or this section here is where we're actually analyzing each search term and we're trying to figure out um, what is the strength of each search terms uh, search term uh, and the way i'm calculating strength here is that we are uh, basically dividing the uh, purchase share by impression share and that's how you you get to know uh, like how strong that search term is and uh, once you find strength so I'm going to sort this descending by strength so once you find strong words that you know that you're you're winning a majority of the purchase share and you know uh, that majority is higher than the the impression share you're winning you know that this is a good word to go after so once you find this out, what's the next logical step? What you want to do now is to uh, stitch this data up with your ad data because you're already running a bunch of keywords. You already have certain search terms that are coming in through auto campaigns, through other campaigns. And then you want to stitch this data together to find out where are the gaps, where which keywords from your ad data are not either not winning impressions uh, or winning clicks or winning sales, but on the SQP side, it's showing this as a strong keyword. So then what happened? I mean, a number of things could have happened. Uh, one of the things that could have happened is that uh, those search terms or those keywords, let's say, were you know combined with a bunch of other keywords and they never really got impressions. You know, So it's worth a try. Uh, it's worth a second uh, shot because your search query data is saying, hey, this is a strong word. And your ad data is saying, oh, nothing happened here. Okay, so now you're gonna stitch those together and give those keywords a second shot. So you've done gap analysis and now you're trying to figure out uh, how to push those words again and see if you can revive them, right? Because see, advertising is a nonstop, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I would say it's more than a full-time job because you can be looking for data and it can be endless, right? So. 
you know, big shout out to all the agencies out there who have to do this, uh, you know, all the time. So um, you you start combining these pieces of data, find the gap analysis, and then go go uh, try to give a chance to the words that you're already uh, strong for as as far as Amazon's data is concerned. But then you can even uh, you know go to the next step, which is stitch this data together with another piece of data, which comes from keyword ranking, right? So you collect search query data, uh, add data, and keyword rank data. <clears throat> and figure out <clears throat> where are you strong uh, in terms of ranking, right? Uh, now, ranking is like, uh, basically, there's uh, the definition of ranking would be, in my opinion, would be uh, anything that's ranking on page one is technically ranking. Anything on two and three, uh, it's okay. We, we don't really need to care about those as much, uh, except for when they are important keywords, and then you want to push them up to page one. Uh, and you know, even above the fold, etc. So uh, even if you can get page one data uh, through a, a number of tools out there, um, you can you can start to see um, the whole picture now because now you've got data that you're organically strong with, you've got data that you're advertising on, and now you're you're checking where those uh, positions lie. Like, are you below the fold, above the fold? Uh, where exactly you are on that page. Uh, and then you can decide how strong you want to go. Uh, if you're, let's say, just below the fold and you want to just push it a little bit higher, then you can actually do that with uh, with ads. Um, whereas if you're already ranking above the fold, then um, pushing higher on those keywords may or may not give you benefits. In fact, you might spend um, a lot more than you're willing to, uh, in which case you can kind of ease a little bit on, on the ads. You don't want to stop them ever uh, because you definitely want to keep giving Amazon the signals that uh, will help you you stay at that position, right? Plus, it'll help you with brand defense and things like that. So um, getting all of this uh, all together, uh, you know, we're recommending using uh, some sort of data warehouse where all of this data streams in from different sources. And then you use a tool like Looker Studio in, in the front to kind of, uh, you know, learn from it and uh, create all kinds of uh, interesting dashboards and, uh, you know, uh, analyze your data uh, further. Uh, but uh, the, the, the point of all this is, it all boils down to how you're reading the data and how you're leveraging the data because there's just too much competition out there. So this, the quicker you get onto this, the better it will be uh, for you in the long run. So I think, uh, Norm, that's the last slide I have. Uh, feel free to, you know, just, um, you know, have a conversation here or ask questions if anybody okay. has any. Yeah. Well, just one sec. I know I'm going to cough. Hopefully I hit mute. Okay. So let me, good, good, good. Okay. So let me see. First question. Okay. Lavkesh, um, what's the best PPC strategy for vitamin supplements given high or very high uh, CPC, uh, pretty low reviews versus competitors. External traffic is not uh, cheaper too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that question. Uh, and um so honestly, the, the slide that I showed about uh, uh, brand metrics was uh, the right one for you, uh, because what you want to do is you want to calculate the uh, total um, tacos, the true tacos, not just um, 
the you know short-term tacos where you just divide the spend by the total sales you actually want to do some projections here to see uh, how many times people come back if one customer is going to buy from you today they're also likely to buy from you three or four times in a year and you can do that calculation that math very easily by just looking at the return on engagement section and find out how many times this person is likely to come back and then you um, estimate how much that would be in terms of the extra sales that that will come in and then over a period of one year you can say uh, this is the amount of spend this is the amount of total sales and that's what my true tacos is so that's the one thing that i, I would recommend uh trying to figure out sooner rather than later because it's quite possible that your supplement may not sell more than two in a year in which case you know what's the the point of um you know going super aggressive on those keywords that are only going to give you like two x return or one x return right so number one that that's the the thing you would look at and then uh i would do uh, a lot of uh category targeting with refinements so what is category targeting with refinements uh refinements um are a way to tell amazon that hey i want to show my ads to these brands only uh, or this price range only or to products that have a review rating worse than mine so you want to show up where other people have some gaps uh that's the the leverage you have uh, by using refinements so it's a it's it's kind of a lesser known thing because it's also a little hidden uh you have to actually look for the word refine it's kind of in fine print so go ahead and click on that and then uh from the brand selection drop down you can actually check off all the brands that you want to target. So maybe if it's very competitive and you don't want to target the big brands, that's where you want to go. You want to target all the small ones where people are already um, searching or have some sort of external traffic that they're sending to their pages. So then you show up there and then your product looks better. Now, obviously you want to do things like coupons and stuff like that. Now, always uh, having an always on coupon strategy is what we recommend uh, why because uh, coupons give you this nice badge uh, it's basically for the badge it doesn't matter what the amount is doesn't matter whether it's a percentage off or a dollar off it doesn't matter like we've done so many tests just having a coupon alone can help you get uh, visibility it helps you stand out and then you can do something called deal stacking which i think i heard from i'm not sure actually I'm, I'm losing track of where i heard about deal stacking from but deal stacking is a way of having more than one coupon on a single um uh, asin so how do you do that well you can do prime exclusive deals and then you can also add a coupon to that and that way people will see oh i'm getting this and i'm getting this uh and uh that's one way of kind of standing out from the crowd and generating some amount of momentum uh, so that amazon sees you as relevant for certain uh, you know uh, either certain products that you're relevant for or certain keywords that you're relevant for but in any case having deal stacking is another way to kind of help with uh, generating some sort of momentum uh, especially as you say there's pretty low reviews uh, so I, I would say the first couple of months are where you're trying to build uh, you know, basically build your momentum uh, and you will have those practical problems of we don't have too many reviews. Everybody else has a ton of reviews. So uh, that's going to be um, 
definitely some of the st uh, strategies. And then external traffic, I just want to say that um, I, I think Norm would be the right one to answer this because uh, they do so much with uh, TikTok and stuff like that. I mean, influencer marketing is uh, is probably one of the best uh, external traffic sources out there, like more than, I don't know, more than Google ads or Facebook ads. It's just influencers, you know, just using influencers as much as you can because someone or the other is going to be uh, part of their community and they will buy from them because they're not... See, the thing with influencers is that they they already have a following and those followers are already connected with them so it's easier for those people to just say okay whatever you say um we will follow you type of thing uh, so you don't have to convince them about your product you just have to let the influencer do their magic right so i don't know uh norm did you have anything to add to that yeah no i i like that as well influencer marketing 2023 was big i think it's going to be just as big going into 2024 and I'm not sure, but I'm thinking that there'll probably be a variety of new channels in influencer marketing that are going to pop up that uh, should work well. Um, if you're not working with, uh, uh, like uh, we had um, Brandon Fields on the other day um, from Rebate, I forget what his um, influencer channel is called, but that's just a network. It's like Billow. You can go out there and if you even want to use um, not so much the influencer, but the influencer network to create really inexpensive product videos and unboxing videos, things that you could use on your listing. Um, that's the way to go. They're so inexpensive. And, but I do believe that the nano micro influencer route is still a great way to get exposure. Yeah, and I think, uh, Norm, uh, I am not sure about uh, TikTok, but uh, does TikTok allow supplements uh, to be promoted? Um, do you know? I'm not sure. My my yeah. gut feel is no, but there's probably mm. people rolling their eyes going, of course they do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, yeah, I kind of heard uh, something about that. So, Lovekish, you can also maybe check that out. Like, if if TikTok isn't the way, then I'm sure there's other ways that uh, you know you can find influencers and uh, create some virality around your product there. Yeah, and we've got lots of uh, podcasts uh, about influencers, how to find them, how to communicate with them. So you could just check it out, and um, you'll be able to find that. There's a bunch of people that we've had on. Okay, next question. Okay, I don't know the Facebook user. I don't know how Kelsey gets their names, but uh, he's out, he makes them up. Okay, so please tell us about uh, your launch strategy in German or in the pan-European market. Also, if it's feasible to run uh, auto in a start launching date, or we should try exact match for two weeks in the start. Yeah, that's an interesting question. So, um, you know, in terms of in German, uh, I don't think I have experience with that. Um, I mean, I have experience with Japan, so I can tell you a little bit from the Japanese side of things. And perhaps the the point of your mentioning this is it's a different language, right? So how do you do it in a different language? Um, you know, so, so first of all, we do our keyword research in English. Uh, obviously, we think in English, so we're doing it in English. 
uh, but then we use tools to convert uh, our keywords into the other language. So uh, ChatGPT has a much, 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 much better uh, translation than Google Translate. Like uh, you won't believe it. We've tested the quality of both and ChatGPT's uh, version is much better. So uh, look for opportunities there to convert it. And then you can do a reverse conversion to double check that whatever has been converted is actually the right conversion back into English. So go from English to German to English. That's the way to double check that you've got your list right. So you're not flying blind, you know. So that's, that's the first thing I would say about um, the, the language part of it. Um, and then in terms of like auto uh, versus uh, exact match, now there are many people out there that have tried different methods. So I just want to uh, explain those different methods so that, you know, you know, it's not it's not about this method is better than the other or this is wrong, this is right. Uh, you'll have to figure out what works for you. And I'll just uh, lay out some of those challenges with uh, which one should go first. So there's some people uh, that say don't ever launch with auto because Amazon does not know your product yet. So if you if you try to run with auto, then you are going to end up with garbage words and you waste a bunch of money uh now uh, you know and then they also recommend that you should only start with exact match first uh and then run them for a while and then you add in the auto campaign so there's there's that uh school of people the other school of people have uh, this belief that auto campaign is uh, the best way you can get visibility fast. So those auto campaigns go out fast. They look for a bunch of, uh, you know, related words, uh, semantically related words, etc. You give Amazon the control to kind of go and find um, all of those keywords and like using a searchlight, and then you start to negate. And whatever doesn't work, you just kill it, right? So that's uh, a quick way to get volume in terms of traffic uh, because your exact matches are not going to give you that much search volume it's going to be tight uh, you might not, might not even get impressions unless you bid super high right that's the only way to kind of start getting exact matches to start working i don't know what your experience is there but gen generally speaking auto campaigns run fast exact matches go slow and so what would you like in your launch would you like to be you know very targeted on exact matches and you know just make sure that you get you know get those keywords to rank first before you go after volume or do you want to quickly buy data using auto and then figure out what doesn't work and then negate that both those strategies are fine it depends on what game you're playing are you playing the ranking game or are you playing the i want to be i want to sell profitably Kind of game so depending on that your your opportunities are you know these are the opportunities you'll just have to figure out how to go after this um i'll give you an example of uh, one um uh, it's a third example by the way of launch strategy where we launched um we launched this uh, furniture brand in the us uh, it's a european furniture brand launched in the us uh that we did not run any keyword ads for zero no keyword ads all we did was product targeting but with refinements so category targeting with refinements uh because uh, obviously furniture is expensive and you know if you just use the general uh furniture terms like chair or whatever you'll get those cheap chinese 
products uh, showing up at the top of the page. You're not going to get uh, a $500 chair showing up on page one. There's no way you can rank for that word, right? So what do you do? You you do uh, category refinements and say price point starts at 350 because you know that if you're targeting someone who's already looking at uh, pages that have minimum of $350 um, of, of products, then if your ad shows up there, that's more targeted than just going after the keyword right so in this case even if you did an exact match on the chair you would have to spend a lot of money before you could get any relevance built up whereas what we were able to do was very quickly get um you know the furniture brand uh, not only ranked for the category with refinements but then also overall as well so here are some of the examples of launch strategy oh uh norm you might be on mute all right, this is the last question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, please share some of your experiences regarding SPTV ads. Um, yeah, so not yet. Uh, I, you know, we have an experiment or two running, but this is uh, super new. So unfortunately, I don't have any results to share, but I'm assuming this is going to be very similar to um, DSP. So we have run TV ads on DSP. Uh, they're called OTT. So we've, we've done that. Now, the thing is, because they are impression based, uh, you will spend a lot of money uh, first. Um, and the strategy generally will be good for brands that are looking for brand awareness rather than purchases right in the moment so uh, just be aware who is this uh, strategy for the tv ads are meant for uh, someone who's browsing um, fire tv this and that who's watching tv and then they see your ad uh, it has to be memorable enough for it to have a certain amount of brand recall so you want to make sure that your brand is uh, embedded in it, nice and bold at the beginning, at the end, and also throughout. I, I really like to uh, to look at the Super Bowl ads. You know the the what is it, uh, Norm? The Doritos. <laughs> they oh. always have a very funny, cool ad. It's memorable, and um, uh, they generally have their branding on every single uh, frame of their videos. They they don't just have a video running. If you notice the some somewhere in the top corner right or left or somewhere they will have doritos kind of faded blended in with the, the rest of the uh, the imagery there and then they have the doritos in the beginning and the end so brand recall is so important because remember that these people are not interested in seeing your ad at that point they're waiting to skip to to their to their movie or whatever uh, and the only way they can remember and recall is if you rub it in like if you really show it nice and bold and mention it a couple of times you know um like the Geico ads or whatever, they just keep saying Geico, Geico this, Geico that, and then the whole absurdity of the ad makes it. So it's very rare for like a really good TV commercial uh, to leave such an impact that someone will actually go to Amazon later on, and then they will click, and you know they will just kind of type out that brand name and search for it, right? So um, just just keep those points in mind because uh, don't don't think that a, a sptv ad would be something like uh, it's not going to be like sponsored brand uh, video ads it's uh, because those are showing on platform whereas what we're talking about is off platform so there's a little bit of uh, recall that uh, you need to build with uh, the quality of your content and uh, also know that it's not going to convert right away okay well i think uh, everybody's going to have to listen to this twice 
maybe even three times. <laughs> that was great. Uh, thanks so much. I, I, it's New Year's Day, and I really appreciate you spending your time and sharing your time with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Norma. I mean, I couldn't think of a better way <laughs> than to have lunch with you. <laughs> there we go. Doritos. Yay. We'll have some Doritos. Okay, let's do that. I'm hungry. Okay. And what I have to say, we um, we were into this and Kelsey's not here. I have no clue how to run this wheel of Kelsey. So what we're going to do is we do have a prize today, but we're going to draw two prizes on Wednesday. And that's going to be a PPC audit with Ritu. So uh, that's awesome. It's a great giveaway. So on Wednesday, that's our AI Wednesday version. Um, we're going to be having two draws at the wheel. And that's it. If anybody wants to get uh, get uh, in contact or how do they get PPC Ninja, what do they have to do? Yep. Uh, so uh, you can just reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. So my full name, R-I-T-U-J-A-V-A, Ritu Java. Uh, and then uh, just to mention, uh, we are a PPC advertising and uh, PPC um, services agency. Um, we also run a special service for uh, search query performance data. So if anyone is interested or wondering how to get search query performance data out of their uh, ads and into a, a Looker Studio, we actually offer that as a service. So uh, reach out to support at ppcnager.com and we'll be happy to, to uh, share all the details. Um, that's it. Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcast, click over here. Entrepreneur, entrepreneur, entrepreneur.